there is an investing advice for everyone from college graduates starting out in the real world to pre-retirees planning for the next phase of their lives however it can be intimidating to get started along the way you may find yourself faced like some questions how do i start investing should i just focus on buying stocks what are my financial goals how do i know what to do next here's the good news you do not have to find the answers alone making money decisions is a big deal from spending to saving to making investments and paying off loans these decisions can bring on both financial and emotional pressure though this episode helps take some of the weight off your shoulder helping you understand your behavior with the money and with the advice how you can improve it stay tuned your host to trending daddy show your journey to connect with ideas told with experiences and people and get a deeper understanding of the world around you starts now in this episode i am connected to dr sagneet kaur an applied behavioral social scientist and a leading researcher since years lady decipher and validate the role of human behavior in leading financial decisions by individuals and organizations this is a treasure episode for anyone who want to understand the strange behavior towards money things you should consider before making decisions on the finance or investment so what are you waiting for tune in hi sagneet welcome on trending diary first of all thank you it's lovely to have you on the show thanks priya thanks for like inviting me and having me here and i'm really looking forward towards uh, an exciting chat between you and me likewise and first of all i'm curious to know when i got to know about you know what you do why you do of course i don't know why you do but yeah what you do that gives me a you know crazy idea okay is there something like that exists in the world something some kind of profession is also there so i think that's pretty crazy so please please enlighten us about your profession and uh, how you came across with the same okay okay yes yes this profession exists and we are also existing along with it definitely mm-hmm. uh and i think um uh this this happened to me as in i started my uh like i i thought of like being in the field of uh psychology and then i did my doctorate in psychology i taught for a couple of years and then i uh, moved to uh bangalore where i did try a couple of consulting ass- assignments and really enjoyed so from teaching to this uh and the big push was my husband he said why are, why, why do you want, want to become like madam g in a university or a school let's uh explore some other options where you can use your skill set which is kind of a unique and a niche skill set you have so go and explore world so that suggestion really worked well for me and i uh, worked with a couple of uh, startups in the, into the area of behavioral research and then slowly and steadily worked with uh, with edtech company uh, in bangalore and then from last 6 years i've been working in the field of financial services and investment services and uh, now happen to work from last 4 uh, years happen to work with morningstar where we uh, basically do research original uh, research around the investors and inv- uh, advisor psychology we basically try to understand investor behavior advising retirement uh, efficiency and take much more like deeper research questions understanding what they do why they do 
And uh, from there, we also try to give these insights back to the people. So we do a lot of like uh, communication optimization in terms of understanding how these insights can be digested well by the clients, by, by advisors, by investors and different stakeholders of investing industry. And then we also use these insights uh, in the tool development, methodologies development in-house. Mm -hmm. So basically applying the behavioral lessons to Morningstar products and uh, taking it to the next level. So everything which comes out should have a flavor of, um, of behavioral finance or behavioral science research. And uh, yes, I never ever wanted to be in, um, in the field of like counseling and clinical psychology. And that is, I think, uh, um, given my education and what we have experienced, there was, there was a narrow approach being shown to us that these are a couple of fields which you could enter. One is teaching, one is counseling, one is maybe you can become a school counselor, or you can go for, for say, um, counseling for drug addicts and all that. But there is a lot more scope behind it mm -hmm. uh, and beyond it, I would say, which people with students of the stream do not know. And I always wanted to apply those, my, my skills, the theories of psychology, the theories of behavioral science in an applied format, which I'm really doing right now and enjoying each and every day of my life, which is like quite challenging mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And we do some crazy stuff as well. <laughs> Uh, though uh, definitely it's pretty amazing to know that you know as you mentioned that one of the most obvious field everyone thinks of is being a teacher being a madam at, uh, at a university or something <laughs> but that's pretty unobvious and uh, aware about the same it's pretty obvious to offer that you know madam jiwala will go to the university or a college and teach comfortably so I think that's that's pretty amazing I, I never know someone is studying about you know what what's the behavior of money what's the behavior of people towards money because that's a very yeah. sensitive uh, subject that lots of people are not aware why we are not aware even if i am the you know lame person i should consider myself because you've never been talked about finance in school in general yeah. you talk about any other subject beyond finance which is the the basic and most important part and parcel of our life so considering that there's a one thing so just just imagine a student you know who just passed out they had their first salary or something like that or maybe if I imagine you know myself four years back three years back where, where I earned my first salary and what do you think that how that person should consider what I, I know on that time when you're 18 year or uh, 17 year how you want to spend your salary is just you know, buy that fancy things that you want to, that you have Im imagined before, you know. So how do you think, what can be a better perspective of an individual towards that salary, whether it's about, you know, what proportion of that goes to the investment, that what proportion of that goes to saving, what should be a better perspective towards the same when, when that girl, the boy that wants their first salary. Yeah, I think, um, I think going to, like, I think there's a lot of interplay happening, uh, behavioral interplay happens before we fetch out our first salary when we, like, uh, mm -hmm. um, like, graduate from college. So, so many things happen and then you land up onto your first job itself. And then you think about, okay, how I need to, like, uh, uh, put 
things into say bucketed approach i would say like uh, for for this fund or for this or for this and for that so maybe i'm not i'm not from the portfolio management team or uh, would be like helping you with telling okay this is the exact kind of allocation you could go for uh, so that that's something which i won't be able to do but i think uh, what i generally suggest uh, to college graduates is is uh, before and and some part before landing into a job and fetching your first salary is more around like you have unique set and i think uh, nowadays the kind of education we are going uh, through and taking uh, and the kind of scenarios we have the kind of like supply and demand we have the kind of accessibility and communication we have we have so many ways and means in which we can land into our like first salary and i'm saying salary and maybe that's that, that i'm not talking about a job job per se because job is something which may be okay this is something which i need to start with to earn something and maybe one once i like complete my education and like go uh, to this level and have this much of experience so maybe i can like look for a kind of an aspirational job kind of a thing mm-hmm. so i really suggest people first uh which i've seen doing myself and which i've seen doing other people is do not compare yourself with others mm-hmm. with your peers who have maybe like taken a bit bigger stride and they have like gone a little ahead so you generally compare yourself with others and saying okay my peer has done this and that and now they've landed to a, a really good job and they may be like going ahead so that's everybody is unique everybody has a skill set you should believe in yourself you should see the demand and supply which you can have for your skill set and there's so many means you can like achieve that that that's a supply kind of a thing or demand sorry demand kind of a thing and you can land into a particular job so that is one thing another thing once you get uh, your 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 first salary or your job where you can like fetch some pennies uh i really really think what important is is the ppt approach i generally uh feel which is important so what is ppt ppt, PPT is basically yeah, yeah ppt approach i generally suggest everybody and even to the college graduates is, itself plan prioritize and document these are the three things when and what do you mean by planning and prioritizing so planning and prioritizing part will cover okay now i have this much but these are my liabilities these are the expenses i need to maybe you need to save for your emergency fund maybe you need to uh, support your family or maybe you need to fulfill your uh, you you need to pay back your education loan or something of that sort so what are the different pieces you need to contribute to and then see how much contribution per month you need to do and and what pace you would be increasing like day by day or sorry month by month or year by year and how you can like pay that back so that will that will help you and i think planning and prioritizing will take that part another part which is the documentation which we generally like refrain ourselves we don't have time for duniya bhag rahi hai and we are also running along with it so we we don't do that but documentation putting that on paper is very very important because that will help you going back looking back and accounting it and seeing where we started what we have achieved and what is left so these are the three things which we would be able to do so ppd is something which i really really recommend to all the people especially college graduates because uh 
financial literacy, investment literacy is something which is lacking around the world. Indeed. And we need to like gear ourselves up for that. And I think documentation, learning more and more and documentation is one way of like pushing us towards that. And once that is on paper, you will definitely look back and see what is missing and where we are. Mm-hmm. Does it help? It does. I wish I would, uh, you know, knew it that, but no, uh, pretty young enough to <laughs> still learn about the same. I think it's it's crazy. So also, you know, there, there's certain things when it comes to finance, probably we are aware about, but still we need, uh, you know, certain reminders, as you mentioned, you know, we need to remind yes. ourselves because, because of that part, you really need to document things. So make lots of sense. And nowadays, there are so many things available on Google. There are so many calculators. There are so many small, small tools which are out there which you can play with and and keep your things accounted well, keep your budget accounted well, Mm. put and allocate things, uh, your your salary into different uh, ways and uh, like where where you want to put your salary. And I think uh, once you get your salary, another piece which I missed was emergency fund is very very important so savings how to save well and for what to save is something you need to prioritize and you need to decide and you you should start allocating your salary towards that and in an incremental manner so if you get a bonus you should like increase your allocation towards that so these are small small ways but you need to first figure out what you get and where all in which all buckets you need to put your money and then how you can go about it in future makes sense also when it comes to you know uh, saving money there, there there might be let's imagine there might be certain people who are you know able to save money and invest but uh, there are lots of you know behavioral biases because that's what your study happens when, whether it's about the lack of knowledge or confidence or or anything that you mentioned and with the thousands of investment products Again, you, you, you said it uh, prior to that, you know, you have everything available on the Google, you can search it. But on that time, you have thousands of investment options uh, through which you can get stuck into the analyzing and anything you can imagine of. So how, how do you think that one can make sure that they are making a fine decision or their decision making becomes simple when it comes to the investment? So what are that ways? I think before learning into decision making, I think you have in, in your um, uh, in your question itself, there were so many terms, which I think it's very important for me to like clarify here. Uh, when we talk about biases, when we talk about you, you mentioned about analysis, we do analysis and we, we mm-hmm. get stuck over there. So that we call as analysis paralysis kind of a situation or choice paralysis kind of a situation where there are so many choices available you, you open the Google and there are say 10,000 funds and what to choose, what to do. Mm. And why that happened and with whom that happened is something which is very important for all of us to understand. Because uh, generally people think, it, and that's a human tendency. Generally people think, I am though like, I come from this field. I have this much skill set. I have this much education experience. I'm least susceptible to and vulnerable to all these sorts of things. So this is a general feeling which every human being has, even I do have. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that there are people who can manage 
uh, their savings, their investments better than others. So I would say, yes, there are people who can manage their savings, their investments. Many people would be having more experience, less experience. Many people would be coming from different fields, doctor, engineer, plumber, psychologist, artist, anybody. Mm-hmm. And many people would be literate versus illiterate. I really feel everybody is susceptible to you, susceptible and vulnerable to human behavioral biases. Mm-hmm. And these biases actually play a lot of role into like in, into pushing you towards not saving well, uh, into like uh, landing into wrong or uh, faulty investment decisions, like chasing uh, returns, like exiting markets at the wrong time, uh, like picking wrong investments, or maybe just choice paralysis and freezing at the time of looking, okay, so many things, let's not do anything, Mm -hmm. freeze, Mm -hmm. or just go away. So I think there's a lot of interplay, brain-related mind-related interplay which happens. And if you want, I can like maybe shed some light on that, uh, which really pushes you towards choice paralysis. And then maybe we can talk more around uh, like how we can come out of it. How can we? How can we? Yeah, how can we come out of it? So do you want me, do you want me to, to, to shed some light on? Of course, because you know, <laughs> as humans, I understand that we all share that kind of uh, limitations, whether it's about the short-term thinking, whether it's about, you know, getting emotional when it's come to, you know, change in the market or and hundred of the reasons you can count on. So, so, so how one, okay. can, uh, if, if you can, you know, brief it down in a very crisp manner. So how can one? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll make it a little interesting for you. Let me uh-huh. do that. So let me pose you a question, Priya. So for an example, um, if you have to, so tomorrow is Saturday, for example, you plan to go for a party and you just open your wardrobe and you say, okay, let me, let me look for a nice dress. And you say, okay, I don't have an, any nice dress, but I have a budget of say thousand or 2000 rupees. Let me go and buy one dress for myself. So mm-hmm. what would you do? How would you take that decision? So you have a budget, you have money in your pocket and you need to spend and buy a dress for yourself. How would you take, take that decision? Can you help me with some of the, some, some pointers there? I think, I think that would be a very quick response. If I would be having money that I have my budget, I, do, I have the need. And I think that, you know, I have to go to the market, maybe the very next day, or maybe I'll go I switch online or something. I think that'd be a very quick response and I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. No, no. But picking specific dress, how will you do that? Picking a specific dress. So you go to the market and you pick a specific dress. How would you do that? So let's say because I was searching for the party and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my, if you're asking about what dress, is it, is it the question? Any dress, any dress, but what choice can I'll, I'll try. The decision to choose a particular try, dress. Error and try, error and try. Like I'll, I'll try whatever's okay. the best and I'll that's, that. that's one of the strategy. That's one of the techniques which what people do. So this same question I generally ask in my advisor forums and uh, we got certain like uh, pretty good answers and I've just pocketed them giving you a glimpse of it. So maybe if I have to do that, so I'll just look at, okay, uh, I, I bought some dress from Alan Soli and that's nearby. I'll just go and buy it, buy it from the same store. So that is my past experience really helped me doing that. Mm-hmm. Another could be just my, the way you said, okay, I'll just go to the changing room. I'll just try and see whether it's looking good at me. So my intuition, or maybe I'm uh, somebody, my my friend is accompanying me and she will tell, okay, this is looking nice onto, onto you. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's intuition or gut feeling, I would say. Or maybe you go and you see a counter where there are so many people buying clothes and you say, okay, maybe the quality or maybe the variety would be good. So just, just you jump and land over there on that counter and buy. Mm-hmm. Or another could be the price. Generally, when you buy something, you generally see the price as a metric. Okay, if the price is high, the quality would be good. So let's buy from by that particular dress because the price is high so these were a couple of answers I got like I have just pocketed uh, the ways in which so these are actually the mental shortcuts which help in decision making so past experience intuition following others and price these are helpers these are the mental shortcuts or heuristics which we call uh, as a as a technical jargon I would say which really help you taking decisions so Mm-hmm. Any problem comes up, we come up with our mental shortcuts to solve that problem. Now let's change the context to investing. So mm-hmm. there we wanted to choose a dress. Here we wanted to choose an investment. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying and I'll help you with the same four things which I have told you, the mental shortcuts. So for example, I bought something, say three months back, a security. Can you assure that what worked in past would be working right now? I don't no. know. I don't know whether the same investment yeah. would work right now or not. Sure. Yeah. Or my gut feeling could be okay. If I show you a share certificate of say any any company, would you be able to like looking at the mirror like we were looking at the mirror and deciding a dress? Can if I show you a share certificate, if I would you be able to decide whether I want to invest in this or choose this investment no. for my money? No. No. And following others is herding behavior. This is a kind of bias. When somebody, when people are popping up on one investment, then we should be rather watching out. Mm -hmm. And the last, uh, I use the price as a metric. I was telling you about it. So generally prices, when they go up, then in investments, you lose the potential for gains. Rather, you should be investing when the market is at kind of crash at the lower point. You should be investing in good investments at that point in time. But we don't do that. So what is happening? Basically, when your heuristics or mental shortcuts, which I've told you four or five, like taking some examples, when they are applied in the wrong context, then they become biases. Mm. So those helpers, those mental shortcuts were very well working when we were taking a decision of buying a dress vis-a-vis now they are not working well when I'm investing they are putting me into a loop they are putting me into a place where I am more susceptible to making mistakes that is where your, your mental shortcuts your brain really cannot handle complexity and that is why we use mental shortcuts and these mental shortcuts when they are put in a different context, like investing where things have to be processed, things have to be like analyzed, things have to be researched well, they become biases and they show their behavioral implications. Mm -hmm. And there's another piece which I think I should be telling alongside is why that happens. Why the same set of pieces, mental shortcuts, they work well in one context and they don't work well in one context is another, it's, it's a really another beautiful story is that our mind mm-hmm. is our brain has two minds one is system one 
another system too. And I'm not talking about your right hemisphere or left hemisphere per se, which we used to like study when we were yeah. small. Creative, so it's not uh, that. Logical bias. Yeah, creative yeah. and logical. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's basically our, our brain has two minds. One is system one, another is system two. Now system one is always at default and it is always fast, furious, ready to take the decisions. And any problem comes up, which be problem solving, you want to buy a shirt or you want to go for uh, buying an investment. Mm -hmm. It will run coming after you and saying, okay, I will help you and solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it comes with your first, uh, it comes with your a kind of a battalion, or I would say the support structure of the system one is all these uh, heuristics, all these mental shortcuts. With a system two, which is more process-oriented, intelligent, research-oriented, slow and kind of steady. So slow and steady wins the reins, mm -hmm. uh, rain, mm -hmm. uh, race, basically. So that system two, which is actually required for investment or investment decision-making or financial decision-making. Okay. So what happens is if I have to choose an investment, my system one would pop up run towards me and say, okay, I'll help you. Mm -hmm. I'll help you solve the problem. And it will come with past experience, gut feeling, following others, this and that. And if you fall prey, and if you use your system one at that point in time, you will definitely be landing into biases. But rather you need to stop, pause your system one, pull your system two mm -hmm. and say, okay, now I need to research this well. Mm -hmm. I need to understand this well. I need to go and see the fundamentals of the security. I need to see what is the uh, what is the forward-looking uh, uh, ratings and like Morningstar has pool and beautiful pool of data, uh, which our analysts compile for us, which anybody can use. Is the forward-looking, backward-looking ratings and uh, the other data around a particular investment vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So you need to research it well. You need to understand the fundamentals of that particular security and all. Then you need to go and put your money in and where your system too needs to come. Mm -hmm. But it has to be brought into the picture. It will not come on its own. Rather, system one will come, jump, and try to solve problem, and we generally fall prey to different sort of biases because of it. Sorry for the long answer, no, but, but this that, was that, this was a connecting piece and was very know. well required. <laughs> I think that that's the story that you know really interesting to know. I, I think I, somewhere when you're saying every point I can relate to when you say you know system one, <laughs> how our mind literally jumps up you know there's a fight and flight situation that even if it yes. comes with the investment so yeah it happens so, so, yeah, and that that's simply because we we cannot handle complexity human brain cannot handle complexity mm -hmm. that's that's the kind of the basic premise we run with and we need to push ourselves to handle that complexity complexity with certain ways and means and research and data etc is very very important for for handling uh, the investment decisions. Mm -hmm. So we need more consciousness. And of course, the education part, as you mentioned, that more research, yes. more data. Yes. And mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Also, let's 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 make it, you know, a little light because as <laughs> our mind cannot handle too much complexity. So let's make it a little <laughs> fun for the people. <laughs> let's okay. 
quick fire round, rapid fire round. Okay. You know, um, I'll be just asking a certain question. You can make it a crisp one-liner or something, right? Okay. Um, two ways to improve your credit score. Just, just um, invest in good loans, uh -huh. uh, which you can um, pay back with a proper plan for it. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And what are the one scenario, as you mentioned, good loan and bad loan? What is the one scenario of the good loan and bad loan? I think, uh, as I mentioned, I think I've already mentioned the planning part. So good loan for me is when you plan before you take a loan and mm -hmm. you take loan on appreciating assets, like maybe education, home, real estate, or business. Bad loan is something which is like on the opposite end and you're just taking loans on appreciating assets, like buying for consumables or cars, or and you just carelessly take loan and you don't have a plan to pay for it. Mm -hmm, indeed. And if you really want the highest returns, then what your investment should be? I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to go there and give you any leads for it. Okay. So, so you have to pull your system one and your research-led analysis, whatever it says, go and invest in that. Okay. What do you think? Okay, that, that that's completely going to be from your perspective. <laughs> what do you think that how close is the cryptocurrency to become mainstream? Or it has already? What do you think? It's, it's I think, uh, I really think cryptocurrency is a wave mm -hmm. and people, because uh, it's, anything which is attractive mm -hmm. and there's a full theory around um, attractiveness. So anything which is attractive, you generally are drawn towards it, which is kind of having certain unique features. You will, you're generally attractive, attracted to it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a wave. It will go. And I personally don't believe much in cryptocurrencies and I don't invest. Mm -hmm. cool. And also there's a one thing that I'm always curious to know from my guest. So Signeet, what is the one trend that you would like to see more evolving in the new world? Or I should say one trend that you would like to see more embraced? I think uh, one trend which I think should be there across the world, uh, if you ask me, financial and investment literacy. And literacy, I'm just like mm -hmm. reiterating again. Literacy mm -hmm. is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Financial and investment literacy across the world, whether you go, go to US, UK, India, developing or underdeveloped countries. I think this is one trend which has to emerge and this will bring change throughout the world and take mm -hmm. our bar from here to here. And I think behavioral science and behavioral science theories can really make an impact the models and the research which we can build tomorrow can really make a difference and can really increase the literacy rates and adoption there. So mm -hmm. I really believe in that. And I think I, I can't agree more on that uh, because this is something, you know, I also, and even, you know, because I know the kind of education system we, we came from. So it's, it's always lacking. Right now we are embracing yes. and learning about the same, whether it's the most basic thing that you can count on or, or, or the complex part. So yes. I think that path is still too long, but even at this stage, we are literally covering the basics. So that's what the status of, and I'm not, not just saying about my end, but I think the whole millennials and Gen Z's, I think, uh, will agree on the same. So, yeah. I think um, millennials and Gen Z's, I think, 
across all age groups i mm-hmm. could see in different research uh like pieces they can like embrace that thing and tell us more mm-hmm. every age group is struggling around finances in one way or the other mm-hmm. and saving investing is something which people are they, they do not know and if they do not know then they will not be able to gain that information from there maybe if they have advisors also mm-hmm. so that's just we are just pushing it and we are just leading our life but rather that's something if we know from the very first stage as i as you mentioned that when we were studying we didn't know that now i think many schools have like uh, pushing that in their life skills curriculum as a part of their uh, main curriculum so it's coming into mainstream but it's very slow and steady uh which i think will will not win the race in coming years we need to gear up we need to push that across for every age group not not for some specific age groups mm-hmm. makes sense makes sense and with that said thank you so much agneet it was lovely having you and believe me that again i, I think that, that that your profession the work you do is super exciting i think super super exciting to know and and that you share lots of wisdom so thank you for sharing it here thank you thank you so very much priya for uh, inviting me here as i said in the beginning it was lovely lovely talking to you and you have a very lovely voice as well thank so you. listening to you is is kind of uh, and your questions was was really a pleasure for me and thank you so much for having me here and i really think that uh, behavioral science and your podcast and uh like taking the knowledge from different people to the world i think that will make a lot of difference for everybody indeed thank you so much thank you Bye bye and God bless us all